For too long, the fertility market has been bewildering, overwhelming, and frankly, I think has downright ignored the needs and difficult experiences of the people they're supposed to be serving. Ovum has made it their mission to change this completely. Now, I am extremely choosy about who I promote on this podcast because I'm very protective of my listeners and audience, which is why you've probably only ever heard one spoken ad like this before. So it's with complete confidence, excitement and pride that I can share this amazing company with you. Ovum care about you, truly. From creating products to support conception and fertility that are designed by doctors and backed by the latest science without cutting any corners, from adding access to meditations I've personally written and recorded inside their pregnancy test boxes, Ovum is founded by individuals who've navigated infertility themselves. I really couldn't be more proud to partner with them and tell you about them. Ovum is driven by the belief that everyone who is trying to conceive deserves better, and I am 100% behind this ethos. So head over to startwithovum.com and use code LIFERAFT10 for 10% off their tests and supplements. Hello and welcome back to episode 10 of the TTC Life Raft. This is the podcast empowering you through loss or infertility. It's the final episode of this series. I didn't know how many of these I was going to make. I knew I was going to make a series, but it's come to a really organic, if that doesn't sound too wanky, conclusion at the end of this year. And my guests today, Kat and Keely, were the very first guests on episode one. So it felt to me like a really nice way to end this journey and I would love to just say now thank you so much for being with me here and listening and sharing and commenting and messaging me and you have been a huge influence for me as I have made this content for you. So I really think this is a two-way street and I absolutely love hearing from you. I love hearing how you're getting on and I am really very excited actually to be a part of this community. There's a community which has not existed before and I know a lot of people message over from the States saying they're a bit jealous of our our community over here in the UK because we do actually meet up a lot. There's a lot of real life interactions and it's, it's not just online or through a podcast that we have built this this thing and actually meeting up in real life is something that I am particularly keen on and I will go to as many trying to conceive community events as possible. I am running my own event with the amazing Emma Cannon on the 17th of December and all the spaces for that are filled unfortunately but I hope that we will be able to do more work together because I do think that being able to physically be in a space with people who understand what you're going through is a real game-changing experience for a lot for a lot of people and it just hasn't really been around. I don't think until this year really people have not really been doing this kind of thing. So it's really really exciting and I think that Kat and Keely being the final guests on this series makes a lot of sense because they are stalwarts really of of the trying to conceive community. We've become really friendly over the last year just through meeting up through supporting each other online and of course there has been developments in both of these girls lives so I'm not going to say too much I want to just 
play this conversation for you and it turned out to be a really emotional one actually I wasn't at all planning to um get teary (laughs) but I did and that's kind of what happens sometimes when you relive moments along this journey and it's a reminder of how impactful this whole experience is and if you have if you follow me on Instagram you'll see that I recently had a, a conversation with somebody who was asking me about my fertility journey the first time and asked me how long it it actually took for us to get pregnant. And when I said, oh, just over two years, she said, oh, not not so bad then. Lots of people have struggles for much longer, don't they? And I I just felt completely wrong-footed and I didn't quite know how to respond because when I thought about it afterwards, I was like, oh, she's just basically completely invalidating my entire (laughs) experience by saying, oh, it's not that bad. And even suggesting that really I I didn't need to go into the treatment that I did I mean I won't go into it here if you're interested do go and have a read of that post because it did get quite a lot of reaction when I shared it this morning and all part of the of the what not to say campaign really which is really going to (laughs) kick off even more next year I've got really big plans which I can't wait to share with you in January I hope and a new Christmas think what not to say video which I've just been making this afternoon at home in amongst actually doing my job but essentially this is something which we need to keep working on we need to keep changing it and the conversation that I had with Kat and Keely is really fascinating because we deal with all kinds of issues including what it's like to be the pregnant one once you actually do cross over that sort of invisible line I suppose what it's like to actually parent after a fertility journey and what it's like to still be trying and not have gone through those two experiences so it's a conversation which I don't think has been had that much in the honest and frank way that we had it and it's a conversation which I hope will be helpful for people especially as we navigate this new experience of sharing our journeys online and meeting other people through Instagram through any online forum where we it's so new that we are still working out how that works so I hope that this conversation helps you to process it maybe in your own way and we say it a lot in this conversation, but you do you do what you need to do for you. And I think that all of the life raft tools that I talk about across the last 10 episodes will help you understand what you need to do. Because sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees when you're going through all of this stuff. I'm rambling now. I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to play this lovely conversation that I had with Kat and Keely. You can find out much more about them in the show notes. And I hope that you love listening to this as much as I loved having this chat. We meet again. We do. <laughs> Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you girls. Slightly different surroundings. <laughs> oh, well the last time we met was boiling hot. Oh my god, it was so hot, wasn't it? <laughs> so hot. Literally dripping onto plastic <laughs> chairs in a random dance studio because that's the only place we could meet. And now we're here in Soho Square in this Ooh. rather fancy venue. Very Which nice. is very nice, having, having coffee on a Saturday morning. How, how are you guys this morning? A bit tired. Why are you tired? Are you? Oh, a bit tired because I had my event yesterday, which is very good. So thank you to anyone who's listening who came because it was really fun. You're looking fabulous in a beautiful sequined... Can you just do a little shimmy so we can pass the sequined? Beautiful sequined top, putting both yeah. of us to shame, really. Totally, <laughs> actually. I mean, it's, it wasn't planned. <laughs> 
This is not, this is not my usual Saturday loungewear. Because <laughs> I've basically dragged you into town on a Saturday morning. Um, thank you so much, both of you, for coming in. Kat, how are you today? How are you feeling? I'm not too bad. I'm tired because I didn't get much sleep last night, unfortunately. But um, I was at Keely's event and it was fabulous. Just happy to be here. So the reason that I wanted to chat with you both again is because it seemed to me to be a really almost a bit fateful that I'm coming to the end of this podcast series and things have changed in this scenario and for anybody listening who doesn't know and I hope you don't mind me saying this but Kat after six years and how many rounds of IVF? Um, Three rounds of IUI, four rounds of fresh IVF and two frozen transfers. Kat is 12 weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, you know, if you're listening to this and that's a hard thing to hear, I'm hoping that you may have already known that anyway. Um, and I will put this actually in the show notes as well so that you, you actually have that information before you kind of click to listen, just so it's not a bit of a surprise because sometimes that can be hard news to hear. Absolutely. Um, but... I just want to say now, congratulations. Thank yes. you. And I'm like officially. Actually always. Officially, officially. A little bit, a little bit emotional this morning <laughs> because, look, this is all what we're, this is, this, is, this is the point. This is what we're all trying to do. And you are over 12 weeks now. Mm-hmm. You've had your scan. Yes. And Keely. Yes. You are not <clears throat> pregnant. I am definitely not <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Let's just have a conversation about this because this is a really difficult thing that happens when you are kind of in the same boat with people. You're trying for a a number of years. You have had lots of failed rounds of treatment or you've had loss or you've been through, you know, all kinds of really hard, awful things. And then your mate who was in that boat with you is suddenly not. And I know from experience that that can be really really hard so I just want to know how you deal with it when someone gets pregnant how do you find that announcement how do you cope to be honest and this might seem quite or people might think oh she doesn't really think that I'm just genuinely over the moon for them because exactly as you say we wouldn't all know each other or we wouldn't be in the situation if we hadn't been in the same situation. And actually, you know, camping, praying, I'm like, oh, God, thank God. You know, it does work. You know, <laughs> it, does, it gives you hope and it makes you feel more positive about it. And actually, if you are feeling a bit down, and I know this doesn't apply to everybody and everyone has their own ways of dealing with it or things that trigger them, but actually now, more so, I think people getting pregnant doesn't trigger me. It doesn't make me feel sad. Because actually, one, I think, if it's a natural pregnancy, so friends or, you know, whatever, I'm like, thank goodness you didn't have to go through all of this, number one. Two, if it is a fertility treatment baby, doesn't have to be IVF, but whatever, I'm like, yeah, it worked. Like, it does work. And actually, it does give you hope. And no, it doesn't work for everybody. And who knows whether it will work for us. But... It does give you hope. And actually, you just feel really... Well, I feel really happy because that person's not in that situation anymore. And why, you know, why why should they have to be? And I wonder whether it helps that we have 
made that, I mean, this year I just feel like there's been this huge shift in conversations that are that are being had more openly and maybe maybe that's part of it, being able to just see the journey that someone's been on. So it's easier to kind of go, oh, do you know what, I'm just really happy for you because I've seen the, you know, what you've been through. So maybe maybe part of being able to feel happiness for somebody is because of the, the, the openness that's come before. I don't know. Like, I think you're right. I think that, so scenario being someone you don't really know, might be someone at work or someone whoever, a friend of a friend of a friend, suddenly announces they're pregnant you kind of, you do feel like, oh, like, first of all, that is, it's like, oh, that's really lovely for them, but it's not me. But you have no idea what they've gone through for the last 12 weeks. It doesn't matter whether it was a fertility treatment baby or not. You know, people have the same anxieties, the same, you know, it's a bit early, I don't want to tell someone, you know, miscarriage. You know, people have all those same feelings. Just because it might not have been through fertility treatment doesn't make it any less relevant or justified so I just think when people do share it does make it easier because you know the anxieties they're going through and they're just being really honest and again it's not for everybody and I totally get that but I, I, to I really really agree I think people being open about it because you're with you're there with them you know you're going through that oh I'm having a really anxious day like you said it a few times where you're like I'm just or oh, I need to step back because mm -hmm. I'm I can't really talk about this right now, but this is why. You know, it's kind of explaining your actions or explaining why you're feeling it. And it doesn't, you don't feel like you have to do that, but I think it does, it does make it easier because you empathise, you know, you have that feeling of, God, you know, I, I do know what it's like, but I don't know what it's like. And, you know, like all of those, you know, you're human beings, you mm -hmm. get it. You know, it's, so I do think definitely the sharing is, it, definitely makes it easier. Kat, how are you feeling about, I mean, I know that it was kind of hard for you to kind of work out how, how are you going to share this information, how do you, information, how are you going to share your news with, online, with the T2C community, how are you going to cope as well with the pressures that having a pregnancy uh, after so much treatment and after so many years will bring as well. I mean, what, what has this experience been like for you now? Because you, you, you're on another, a whole other journey now of, of, of anxiety and, yep. and also other things that have happened. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I guess, like, firstly, I would say trying to conceive is the hardest thing I have been through in my entire life. This pregnancy is the second hardest thing. <laughs> you know, like, because as grateful as I am, it's just like the anxiety is real and I, I am a rational person I like to think kind of overall um, I do know too much <laughs> because of Instagram and I'm not a Dr Googler at all whatsoever um, but you know I know a lot of a lot of terrible and sad and difficult stories um, but I do try and think to myself something that I've thought probably for the last year or so it's something I got my head around which is just because something happens to someone else good bad or ugly doesn't mean it's going to happen to me and if something good happens to someone else that doesn't mean that it can't happen to me you know there's not a finite amount of pregnancies in the world um so so I, I guess I'm kind of thinking along those lines with regards to sharing 
I had stepped back a little bit kind of during my treatment this round from everything and it just felt like the right thing to do. I think over the summer I'd done an awful lot and needed to step back then and then I got ill and like just a cold but it just, you know, it's your body telling you to stop. And then when we had the news, so we had two beta tests because we got a positive and then I wanted to make sure it was progressing because of experiences that we've had previously. I was in two minds about sharing and I did sit back and kind of Bob and I spoke about it and it ultimately and like everyone needs to do what they need to do that's totally it and it's interesting because I've noticed more recently since where people have gone quiet for three months and then they say gosh you know I have gone quiet but this is what's happened you know in 12 weeks and but I felt like because of everything I do it felt weirder not sharing then it felt sharing. And a lot of people have said to me, like that was, you know, I, I don't know, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but you know, brave or really great that I, I did share. But I think a lot of us do, you know, because we have the, you know, kind of go through so much of it all together. I think that it's more natural to share, I guess, than it would be in a, in a kind of a natural conception situation. So, so it just felt right. We did keep the fact that the tw it was twins to ourselves. And that was because, A, it was just a massive shock yeah. because we had had a single embryo transfer. So this is not what we were thinking about at all. And we needed to get our heads around it. You know, that was, oh my gosh, we were like, what? <laughs> what <was laughs> Panic it? stations. Yeah, like what happened when you, when did you actually find out? How did we you find out? We found out at our first scan, um, which was about six weeks and a few days. I can't remember exactly. Um, I have had, I'm averaging <laughs> a scan every 10 days at the moment, but not, well, not going forward. We found out our first scan, so really early, but we didn't tell anyone, like family, anyone can for two you, weeks. Can you tell, just talk me through what happened at that scan? There were a lot of tears, and this is even before I had like taken my trousers off. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of tears, a lot of like feeling like I was going to be sick. We, because we, you know, that was the scan where twice previously, we have A, not had a fetus, and B, not had enough growth. So this was a real kind of, for us, a bit of a milestone. Um, so yeah, we were both crying a lot. We had explained, as I always do, <laughs> to the sonographer or anyone in the room or anyone that will listen, <laughs> like how difficult it has been to get here. And just tell us there's a heartbeat straight away, please. You know, that's, we don't need to know anything else, just tell us, you know. Um, although we weren't necessarily expecting a heartbeat that early. Mm. But yeah, she said, yeah, you've got a heartbeat. Yeah, you got another heartbeat. Oh my. <laughs> and there was a moment where Bob did think that she was going to say, yep, there's another heartbeat. But that did not happen. But as you may or may not know, so between week nine and week 10, we lost one of the twins. Can you tell us how you found out about that? That was a, a, another scan. And, you know, you go into every scan. I can't even explain the anxiety that goes into the scans. Like, they are... Like, I don't want to, you know, be dramatic, but they are pretty horrific. Um, and I was saying to you earlier that I haven't got a scan now for another eight weeks. Now I reckon we probably will put one in, in about four weeks, but it's actually quite nice not having it hanging over me um, because you're just focusing on that. Um, but we, you're just expecting something to go wrong. And that's what takes the joy out of being pregnant, mm. which is horrible. Even though, you know, a lot of the time you are kind of just enjoying it. And I have had symptoms the whole way through and they've been like an amazing level of kind of not too bad, but reassuringly there. 
Um, so I have been very, very lucky. But yeah, going into that scan, we were really nervous. And we saw the first one and the second one just didn't look like it was moving. And we'd had heartbeats and we'd had good growth. And the scan before that, twin one, which is a twin we lost, had just caught up with size-wise to twin two because it had been smaller. So, you know, they both had their own placentas and they both had their own amniotic sacs, which we had been told all along, and you know, correctly, that that's the safest kind of version of twins. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there's never any guarantees anyway, but so we were really confident and I was feeling as confident as I ever had been going into that scan. You know, we were almost at 12 weeks, everything had been good up to then. So that, amongst all the other feelings that came with it, really knocked my confidence because I just thought, well, if it can happen to one, you know, it can happen to the other one. Mm -hmm. So we ended up having a scan like three days later because that scan was a bit of a blur, um, to be honest. And since then we have had our 12 week scan and you know, everything's been good. But it's just been, like I said to my sister the day that we found out about the twin, you know, I'm exactly where I want to be, exactly where I wanted to be for six years. Why does it still have to continue to being so tough, to mm. be so tough, you know? And when I shared that news, the amount of people that came to me and said this had happened to them, like it's, I had heard of vanishing twin syndrome, mm. but I didn't know that it happened quite as often as it does. But it was just incredible, actually. And, and the support I've received overall has been incredible. Like it really has. And so many people, like you had said, Keely, you know, have said, you know, it's given us hope that it can. Because it is a really weird situation to mm -hmm. go from being kind of, I don't know, I feel a bit awkward almost, you know, because I'm in, I'm in that boat. But now I'm kind of wary about what to say and do. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's you kind of, I kind of feel like an outsider in, in a way that I want us all to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But it's a kind of train, it's a strange transition, I don't know. And I think that's why I wanted to have this conversation, you know? Like, let's yeah. just have this conversation. Mm. Because I really feel like this is a really difficult thing that, that, that happens. Because suddenly you're, like, I remember this happening when I was in, right in the middle of lots of treatment and my friend got pregnant through IVF. And I, like, I just felt this horrible, like, chasm of distance had kind of opened up between us because I felt like she'd just gone down this rabbit hole into kind of pregnant land and I just could not comprehend what she was feeling or going through or how was I going to relate to her now like having been through so much together I didn't you know I, I didn't understand how we were going to get that closeness back and that was really you know that was incredibly upsetting actually so I know that that is an issue and actually what happened was we ended up having a conversation sitting on the top of Primrose Hill overlooking mm -hmm. London you know, I was like in bits and um, oh, just remembering it now, but like it was really um, important to have that conversation. Oh, <laughs> I remember you telling me about yeah, that conversation. Because, and I'll never forget it because I just thought, you know, she's one of my best friends. I want to feel happiness for her. I don't want to feel, you know, that she, I can't, oh. I don't want to feel this pain and this, this emptiness and sadness that not only am I not pregnant still but that she is not I, I don't have that connection with her anymore so we sat and we had this conversation and I said look these are all the feelings that I had this is why I felt sad when you know we, we, we weren't really communicating when you were going through your treatment this is how I felt when you told me and 
you know, and I don't blame you for any of the decisions that you made. I know that that's what you had to go through at that point, but this is how it made me feel. Mm. And how can we, can we, can we move forward from that? How can we, you know, maintain that friendship? And, you know, it's a testament to what a great friend she is that she just was so open back with me, like you're being now, Kat, and just explaining like how it's been for her and how scary it is actually when you, when you do eventually get that positive test and haven't been through so much but the conversations are where it's at mm. isn't it so what's it like for you sitting here now Keely like hearing what kind of the, the journey that Kat's been on on the last 12 years I mean I know we know because of Instagram yeah. but no I mean again I think and I, I don't and I don't think I am unique in this at all um I just I find it really fascinating actually and I don't of course it's tough at points, of course it is. But again, it's like, I don't, and I think that's what's really unfair, actually, about loads of different things about all of this, is it's unfair that anyone should have to go through it in the first place. It's unfair that when you do go through it, and it does, and it is positive, and you are pregnant, that you should feel guilty about it, or that you shouldn't share how you're feeling about it, or because why not? Like. This is all something that happens to every, you know, to majority of people. And there are anxieties, and if there are anxieties, feel like you can talk about it. I know people have different opinions to me, but it's kind of like that whole unfollow follow thing. Mm, you know, yeah. it's kind yeah. of, and Kat and I have talked about this before, and from my personal point of view, and it's just my point of view, I never unfollow anyone. And that is my decision, totally. But I'm just like, the whole point I'm Insta friends with you or consequently friends with you in real life, which I have become with lots of people, which is lovely, because I want to know what's going on in your life and I do have a connection with you and just because this is happening to you doesn't change our connection. I don't feel anyway. Everyone's been there, you know, like everyone's been in that position and there is this understanding and there is this kind of like, everyone's just so, it's all a bit cheesy and a bit, <laughs> but like everyone's rooting for each other, you know, and everyone's like, everyone's totally got your back. Mm -hmm. So I do find it really hard when people, or I hear of people unfollowing people in certain ways. And I know, I'm sure she won't mind me mentioning her name, but I know Louise, our IVF wife, found that quite difficult. She mm -hmm. was like, why are people... Like, you've been through all of this with me and then I have good news and you don't want to be a part of it. And I agree with her. I've, I really do and I feel quite strongly about it. I feel, and I know it's hard. And it doesn't mean that you have to engage. Like, you don't have to like every photo or, you know, and it's not about social media. But I think, actually, it's really important to show that you, you are still there. And because I think... Otherwise, it can suddenly become, even though you, everyone feels like you're quite isolated being part of a TTC community in the first place, whether it's with a group of friends, your family or whatever, to suddenly then be put back in that situation of feeling isolated because you're pregnant. I mean, I just, I don't get it. Like, I've, I've, and I think that's really unfair. I think that's really tough. And it's not about being smug or about being, and do you know what? 
So bloody what? Be smug. Do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I, feel, I, like, I just really like, feel like, mm. celebrate it. It's an amazing, amazing thing. It's not like you just passed your driving test or, you know, got your degree or whatever. You're having a baby. You know? I felt smugger about my driving test. <laughs> <laughs> I did not feel smug in any way because I, I'm scared that it's going to go no, at any point. No, and I understand that. No, totes, I really understand that. But I don't mean smug. You know no, I mean. no, but it's but a like, concern that, you know, that you come across like that because, uh, yeah, that is not how I feel but at I all. Feel, I feel like that's for that person to deal with mm. in their own yeah. way, I think. When you told me your news, I was like, it's not like, well, I'm not not going to talk to Kat. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and I was saying this oh, yesterday or even, uh, and I just said, you know, and I think also because, like I said earlier, about how this community has given you loads of connections and, you know, and a lot of us have met up in real life and socially and we don't just, you know, it's not all about every TTC meetup or whatever and talk offline and all that sort of thing. I wouldn't, you know, you're my friend now how would I not be happy about that or how would I not then suddenly not talk to you it's just I just find it bizarre but that's just my personal opinion mm. so mm. what do you think about that cat with the whole follow on follow situation so um clearly I'm not quite as gracious as Keely uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that there's been a shift over the last year I suppose I've only been on Instagram for a year so yeah um, sorry and it's important to say we're talking about Instagram yes. I mean ev- not everybody yeah. who listens to this is no, kind of sure. within sorry. that bubble no 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 and not that. at all but it's important <clears throat> to say because I think it represents what happens in the outside world yeah. you know? mm. um, what happens on Instagram if you're, if you're not within that kind of bubble and, and if you're not come on in a lot of the time people will see a pregnancy announcement and decide that it's too difficult to see that journey on their feed so they will unfollow that person so that's just to kind of recap what we're talking about yeah when I started I used to kind of follow everyone that followed me and so when you're following that many people it's just impossible to have a connection and a relationship with everyone just to give a recap of the last year, we had a round of IVF that finished in January with a negative, and we weren't sure if we were going to go again. This is our one for luck, which was very lucky. But I think over the summer, like the spring and summer, I was having a pretty tough time. And if there was a pregnancy announcement from someone that I didn't know, then there was every chance, and not always, but that I would unfollow them. Anyone that I did know, I 100% agree with what you're saying, Keely, that, you know, I've got this far with you, now I want to see you go all the way. But it was about the connection, I guess. Mm. Because I just thought to myself, this is my feed, this is what I see, this is, you know, and a lot of people talk about that with comparison, you know, TTC or, or otherwise. And if I was having a tough day, or if I was having an okay day, but I wanted to protect myself on those tough days, the people that I didn't know, as much as I wish them well, there's no bad feeling, but I just thought I need to protect myself. You know, this this is me looking at it every day. I need to kind of curate something that makes me feel good. And, And something that did make me feel good is when people that I knew and cared about got pregnant, absolutely. Mm. But yeah, I just, I guess I wanted to protect myself from seeing too much of that you know that wasn't necessary because I didn't know these people we need to do and I say this time and time again what works for us and and certainly from my point of view like I say it's I don't do it with any malice whatsoever I could only ever wish people well but I need to protect myself first and foremost and I totally understand if people do that in my situation and I am conscious about what I post and I'm not I'm just not a scam picture kind of gal 
Um, there might, I might throw a bump picture in there once once it's there. And someone funny enough said, oh, I can't wait to see your bump picture, uh, which was really quite nice. <laughs> well, that's it. And I think that, you know, there is, uh, throughout my pregnancy, I wasn't actually on Instagram at all. It didn't really exist. I hadn't had that TTC Instagram support throughout the fertility journey that we'd had because it just wasn't it just wasn't there so I uh, but I do remember when I decided to sort of tell the world that, it, that we were pregnant I and I hadn't been open really about things on social media not because of any particular reason it just it just hadn't you know I'm not I, I wasn't massively a sharer back then times have changed <laughs> it's safe to say I, I'm pretty open now um, but um, but I did want to I did want to celebrate and I did want to share a picture of myself with with a bump like I just wanted to do that and I did it at 17 weeks and I said and I did it on my birthday and I put a picture of myself with my bump and I just said thanks for all the birthday wishes me and my bump are having a lovely day and but then in the end I said and anyone going through a fertility struggle you're in my heart as I share this because I just wanted to acknowledge that and I had Mm. you know that was like the very first time that I'd actually made that decision to kind of go public Mm. you know inverted commas and and the response I had was was mega and you know probably spurred me on to keep thinking about this you know and and to to once I did have my daughter to to, you know it didn't didn't leave me and I suppose we're coming from all three perspectives here you know Mm -hmm. I've I've kind of been through stuff had a pregnancy had a child and she'll be two on Monday and and yeah, it is important to say her name, actually, and that's that's something that I, I, I struggle with as well, is how much to share of my life as a mother, and even to talk about this on here. And But I know also there, there are lots of people that listen to this who are dealing with secondary infertility. There are mothers who are part of this community too, and again, I think it's just the openness, and it's just the being as, as authentic and real as you can possibly be, and then people can either be a part of your life online or they or they can't but at the end of the day you would hope that they would if they know you as a person yeah and I think it's about you know we've all said that word connections I think you and and I think it is really important you know we have your friends who are going well you secondary infertility but you came from that place and and from talking to people and talking to you and talking to other people that never leaves you that never leaves you. And I hope it never does. And I hope, obviously, over time, you kind of, you forget the really shit bits and you just, it does never leave you. So why shouldn't you be proud of Matilda? I'm going to say her name again. <laughs> because she's amazing. Yeah. And that's amazing. But you went through it and now you're going through it again. Mm-hmm. And whatever way that materialises or ends up. So it is about, again, it's a bit cheesy and a bit cliche, but... We've been to various things over the last year about talking about mothering in different ways and there are different ways to be a mother. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to biologically conceive a child. And and I think that is really important because I feel like actually now I'm more of a mother and more close to my niece and nephews, to my friends' kids, and I'm much more relaxed about it actually. You know, I'm much more involved in that I think probably because I have a bit more time these days as well but maybe I'm a bit more aware of that might end up being the way that I mother um uh, (laughs) hopefully not um 
but it might be and actually that's okay that's cool you know but I think it is really important to talk about mothers and being a mother because you know Kat you are a mother right now yeah you know so and and that's gorgeous you know that's a really lovely thing to be able to say Mm -hmm. so and I think it is about connections I think it's about everyone's feelings are really valid and all of that stuff it's really hard not to end up talking in cliches, isn't oh, it? Oh, God, I know. <laughs> God, the, the amount of times I feel like I've repeated myself. Apologies if I... I, you know, what you're saying there, I do wonder, Keely, whether, and, you know, I think this about myself, but whether it, to getting to that stage depends on how long you've been doing it. Like, yeah. I don't know if I was in that situation, you know, four years ago. No. But certainly, I know over the last year, I've felt more comfortable about everything. Because I guess I was starting to get to the situation of thinking, this isn't going to happen. And so then you have to kind of look outside of that and see, you know, where your life is. And I've always felt with my nieces and nephews, they were the closest thing to my children that I thought I was going to have. And I hope that that isn't the case, is what I'm Mm. trying to say. But, like, I adore them because of that. And, And funny enough, I was just DMing someone in the last few days... Um, about they wanted to reconnect with a friend of theirs that they had lost touch with. I don't know whether the, like, the friend had had three children in the time that they had been trying, and that they really f- felt like they'd missed out on like some special moments with those friends. And, and my response to that was, again, you have to do what's right for you. But I explained a, a really lovely friend of mine who we were friends when we were teenagers, and then we lost touch and we got back in touch about six years ago. It feels like yesterday, but it's six years mm. ago. And her daughter, who was about three, I think, four at the time, like me and her have this affinity in the way that me and Anna do. You know, it's just Mm. insane. And because of that, then her son has the same relationship with me. And when they know I'm going round, like they scream excitedly. Like, you know, I go to see them as much as I do Anna. And I do wonder whether part of that and with my nieces and nephews although weirdly I feel like they don't love me as much as <laughs> my friends do do but anyway I think that's just family well I think, yeah. yeah probably they're like yeah 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 whatever but, um, but I do wonder whether some of that special relationship is because I haven't got children and so when I do go around there it's just me and them rather than them sharing me mm. with children and or them spending time with the kids you mm. know that sort of thing so they're a kind of and I know this sounds like really cheesy and you know tell me to F off by all means because um, moments I think I would tell myself to say that um, but you know there are kind of beautiful things that can come out of this it's just about seeing them and getting to the stage so don't beat yourself up if you're not there and you no, just think I'm an absolute no. tit saying this no, but you know getting to the stage where you can, you can kind of start to see them I think that's you know hopefully you don't need to yeah yeah but and I think that comes from healing yourself and to work on yourself and then the more that you do that and the more that you're able to feel like you are who you are no matter whether you have had a child or not I, th- I think that a benefit of going through this and then coming out the other side whether that means having a baby or not having a baby just but going through all of the feelings that you have and I kind of feel like you have done that Keely in a way that you've come through the other side of the messy like how the fuck do I do this kind of feeling to kind of being able to almost surf the wave of it a bit yeah, it's definitely surfing the waves. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have days where I'm like, why the fuck is this happening? Oh, cool. Still happening. Oh, my God. Yeah. Still happening. 
but that, five years again, later, still happening. But what is going on? It's part of it, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's part of absolutely. Going, it's still shit, and being okay with saying that and yeah. sitting in that. Yeah, and I, again, I think that's being. It's it is being honest with yourself, but also being honest with the people. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, I'm seeing my family for lunch after this. Uh, for our girls' Christmas lunch, so it's very nice. I'm usually quite drunk. Hence the sequence. Hence the sequence. Hence the sequence. <laughs> we thought they were just for us. Yeah. No? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, and I'm really close to all my family. My cousin went through IVF. Max is 18 months. First time. Lucky old her. I've said this to her, so it's fine. And she's now four months pregnant with her second child very unexpectedly, naturally. So it started to kind of go, right, we need to do IVF again. And then was like, no, we don't, actually. Which is amazing, because she was not in a particularly great point to start at. And I'm seeing her, and she's four months pregnant now. And it will, it is a bit shit. Like, I went to see her the other week, because I hadn't seen her yet. And I was like, actually, I want to see you before we see each other for lunch. And she's totally fine, but I was like, yeah, you know, it is hard, but... I can also say to them, yeah, it's a bit shit, but we've got a plan now and we, you know, do this. And and again, to your point, Kat, this is after five years, six rounds of IVF. We've been through it and a miscarriage. We've ridden a lot of crappy, crappy times. And so, yeah, I have. So if you're starting out and you're only kind of, and hopefully you don't have to go through all that crap, you don't don't feel under pressure that you have to be really positive or really kind of mm. and it sounds like we've all got our shit together we don't no at all it's taken years it's taken years and moments. years and years <laughs> and sometimes you do and sometimes you don't like it's real it is as yeah. you say it is surfing the waves and you know we're having treatment again in january who knows what's going to happen after that so but again i think it's just not beating yourself up about it a little bit I think that's a big totally. thing for me and I think I was listening to another podcast about um, basically having people who have kind of gone through stuff before you and are acting almost as mentors for you um, not that I you know have elevated us to mentors <laughs> but what I mean is you know we have all been through lots of different things mm. and there are a lot of people that might be kind of almost coming into this or you know, maybe been going through it for six months or a year or even even just a few months, actually. You know, there are some people that that yeah. is really difficult for. And, you know, I think what I've learned throughout this whole year through sharing stuff is, is to try not to ever judge, like, whatever someone's going through or however someone's dealing with anything. But there is a benefit to people like us talking about it openly and kind of... and, and acting a little bit as men- mentors, really, and, and just kind of trying to to shine a light on the fact that there is kind of life after a failed round okay so just just to kind of round off this this chat which has been amazing so thank you so much for your honesty and openness and like i really appreciate it and i think a lot of people i hope will appreciate it as well i was scared to do this like someone asked me whether or not i would talk about kind of being the pregnant one and I was, and then we talked about doing this podcast and, and you know, I have been scared to do it because you're like worried about fate, which I know sounds ridiculous, but you know, you worry about everything. I'm sitting here thinking, God, I hope when people listen to this, I'm still pregnant, you know, and something doesn't go wrong. I just don't want to be in that place where that happens and, and listen back to this when I was in a good place. It's just, it is constantly anxiety. I know that lots of people have messaged me about scans and how they're feeling and everything. And it is, it's really, really hard work. 
even though it's amazing. So don't beat yourself up about that if you are having a tough time. That is genuinely, you are not alone. If you aren't pregnant yet and you're trying to conceive, do what you need to do. Like in any situation, do what you need to do. None of this is easy. It doesn't get any easier. You just have to look after yourself first and foremost. But do, like you said, Alice, I think the thing that has helped me a lot over the last year is listening to other people's stories. Whatever they are, you know, my whole every story matters thing. Just learning about other people's experiences. As much as we can learn about, you know, FSH and AMH and progesterone and all of that stuff, I actually think hearing other people's stories just is such an amazing education. And it makes, I think it certainly made me more well-rounded. It certainly made me more empathetic, which actually has made things easier for me. And I say that kind of talking as myself in August before we were pregnant. Mm. I definitely had got to, to a stage where I understood more which meant that I could accept and empathise more as well. So I just think that that is really important. Keely, what would you like to say for anybody who's still trying and who is in the same situation you're in at the moment? I think just don't give up if, you, if that is where you're at, you know, and if you've come to a decision that you just don't want to do it anymore, that's your decision, that's totally fine. But I think for, for a lot of people it is, don't give up. I'm about to do round seven, so if that's any... I think it's just stubbornness, actually. <laughs> but, and I'm, don't give up. Try and find the positives where you can. And genuinely try... Oh, I'm getting a bit teary. Just try and be happy for people. And if you're not, that's, again, that's fine. But you, you will eventually be happy for them. If it's not an immediate reaction, and it won't be an immediate reaction. It's pretty cathartic, actually. And if you're happy for other people, it does make you happier. It really does. Because you're sharing in that happiness. And that is a really lovely thing to be a part of. So if you can, and for however long that might take you to get to that point, just try and be happy for people. Because hopefully at some point you will be in that same position and you would want people to be happy for you. Thank you so much, ladies. Uh, I thank really, you. Really, like, I so appreciate um, your time and your openness and your honesty. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Two incredible ladies. I just want to say again, thank you so much to Kat and Keely for being so open, so honest. And I would love to hear your thoughts on the conversation that we've had there. So drop me a line through Instagram or send me a message or feel free to email me alicerosecreative at gmail.com. If you do want to know what I'm doing next year, because there's loads of plans, please do go and subscribe to my website, thisisalicerose.com, or just follow me on Instagram and I will keep you in the loop. It's been such a pleasure to have you with me over the last 10 episodes, and I'm so glad that the content has been helpful, and I'm so glad that you're feeling more supported. My life raft tool for you for this final episode is moving, moving, moving your ass, whatever that, whatever, whatever that looks like to you. I love yoga. I love it because I can do it in my living room, on the rug, even if I can't be bothered to get the mat out. I can do a quick flow for a few minutes and suddenly I'm not in my head, I'm in my body. And that connection between your mind and your body is so often distant 
when we're living our lives that we live in and it's really important to reconnect with your sense of just you know just feeling just feeling physical feeling so move if you're struggling in the middle of the Christmas holidays someone says something to you or you are just feeling overwhelmed with the year that you've had or you're sort of gearing yourself up for comments whatever it is if you if you need something to to just get yourself out of that feeling go and move even if it's just a walk actually walking is an amazing life raft tool to have in your back pocket just get yourself out of there go for a walk it's free you don't have to live somewhere beautiful I live in not the most beautiful part of South London and (laughs) I just get out sometimes and walk around the block to clear my head get some fresh air and it really does change how you feel so my parting gift to you is is to move your ass and Merry Christmas. I I hope that you can find joy and I hope that you can find peace and I wish you all the love. If you are so moved to, I would adore a rating or review um, if if you listen on Apple and if you don't want to do that then just drop me a line and let me know how you found today's episode i'm thinking of you all as we go into this christmas period and i will be on instagram and i will be there for you as much as i can so take very good care and thank you so much again for being with me for my very first podcast series it's been amazing take care